Eight o'clock, Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Got some thoughts about the NBA All-Star Game, where kind of like the Pro Bowl in the past. Nobody played a lick of defense. Oh, that's right. That same deal with the NBA All-Star Game, too. Nobody plays any defense. Nuggets coach Michael Malone coached uh, Team LeBron. Said it was just some, some bad basketball to watch. Got some thoughts on that. Did you watch any of the XFL? If you did, did you like it? Did you not enjoy it? Now, like you said, for us, Buckeye, mm-hmm. the things like the officiating, watching the broadcast and how they handle the broadcast, those are things we kind of get yeah. into. And, and I mean, the, the play on the field is one thing. We both love football. Mm-hmm. And even if it's minor league football, I'm still going to watch it. Maybe not, obviously, to the same level of watching college or right. watching the NFL, but I'm still going to partake of the product. And how they handled the officiating part of it, once again, like, XFL 2.0, this version gets it right in terms of how they deal with the officiating. Mm-hmm. Even after one, even after the first weekend, yeah, it's clearly better how they handle officiating the XFL I than the NFL. The first half of the first game Sunday, I was like, "This is better than the NFL does it." Uh, automatically, that's not to say the officiating was automatically better, but how it was handled was was better. The mechanism that they use at the war room, the transparency yep. of hearing Dean Blandino, which they did with the USFL as well, mm-hmm. which was also better yeah. than what the NFL did. I just never, I didn't watch any of the USFL, so I wasn't able to. It was very, it's very similar in yeah. how they they conduct. Seems to me the XFL works in a little more expedient fashion. Mm-hmm. Mike Perra tended to be a little, take a little longer and but it, but still, game times were were yeah. shorter than NFL game times. I just like Dean Blandino is in some black room somewhere in his house, <laughs> just watching the XFL with a headset on. It's hunkered down. Yeah, kind of like uh, Scott Hansman does red zone. Mm-hmm. Make sure you use the bathroom before it all starts. Yeah, guess you would have halftime. But well, he Good. would have halftime. Yeah, that's true. But Scott Hansen doesn't have that luxury. No, he doesn't. It's go 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 the entire time. Uh, this hour, by the way, of the Jim Davis Show brought to you by Preston Lee at Country Financial. Believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and them help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. We have a busy night of high school girls state tournament basketball on the NBC Grand Family of Stations on the team tonight. It's full court coverage. Starts at 545. Fruita Girls hosting Fossil Ridge with the Central Girls at Centaurus. We'll hear from Mary Doan coming up a little bit. But over on the monkey, 95.7 here in the Valley, 93.5 in Montrose. Montrose girls start the postseason when they take on Mesa Ridge tonight. Time to talk a little Red Hawks basketball with head coach Steve Skiff. Talking Montrose girls basketball with coach Steve Skiff on the team. And Steve Skiff brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Steve Skiff joins us. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Uh, doing well. Hope you. Uh, I, I'm, how much time did you get off yesterday? I mean, it's President's Day, but you got a basketball game, a state tournament game to get ready for. I can't imagine you had uh, a complete uh, free President's Day on your schedule. 
No, it was uh, pretty consumed with watching some film and then coming in and, and getting a practice in yesterday, getting ready for tonight. So uh, not much of a vacation day. <laughs> not, not much at all. Well, uh, your basketball team uh, wraps up the you know, wrapped up the regular season uh, with a fifteen and eight record. Uh, you went three and five in the Southwestern League, and uh, you had that uh, that final uh, game against uh, Durango, losing thirty two to twenty three. So you, you had in you know not on, on the note that you're hoping for a win against Durango, but uh, but now you've had some time off uh, to, to get ready for for Mesa Ridge. I guess some of the things that you really wanted to focus on. To maybe sharpen up a little bit, improve upon as you get ready for postseason play. What have been some of those areas you've really tried to focus on the last few days? You know, I think for us, it's continuing to uh, find that offensive consistency. I mean, uh, you know, some games we come out and, and you know are able to put the ball in the basket, and there's other nights, you know, especially down in Durango where we struggled to score a little bit. But uh, you know, I think for us, our defense is always going to play, and so. You know, keep telling the girls that, that defense is always going to keep us in games. And, and uh, we've just been kind of working on refining some of the offensive stuff going into this game. Yeah, Mesa Ridge tonight, uh, they play in the Colorado Springs Metro uh, South League. It's a combined 5A, 4A league where uh, they went 9-1. and Canyon City went 9-1 and in that league as well. Uh, when you're watching some of your film, what's the takeaway about of that you get from the, the Grizzlies, the team you have tonight? What's some of the 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 points that are kind of uh, that uh, caught your eye in watching their film? Yeah, they're a good basketball team. You know, uh, well coached. You know, do a lot of good things. They're uh, they're guards. They have a really really good point guard, and then a, a, another girl that can you know shoot the outside shot really well. So um, it's going to be something that that we're going to have to pay attention to and and really you know, kind of per- protect the perimeter, but then they do have some inside presence as well. So um, it'll be a good test for us. Um, we're excited about them having to come over to our place, which is always, you know, something different for those Eastern Slope teams. So um, that that should be a, a huge advantage for us tonight. Steve Skiff, coach of the Montrose girls basketball team with us. Uh, Ray Pelt has been their leading scorer this season. Steve, she's at 32 threes. But uh, player you have to really watch uh, from the three-point line is Annalisa Wise. Uh, she's hit 43s this season. She's a, a pretty good three-point threat. She really is, and, and that's, that's a good one-two punch for them. Um, you know, Bray is one of those kids that will kind of get penetration into the paint and, and suck the defense in there, and then they kick out to their shooter. So, you know, it's going to be one of those things where, you know, we're going to have to know where everybody is on the floor and, and uh, you know, play team defense. I think that was a big thing at practice yesterday. Is is we're going to play? You know, all five kids on the floor have to play defense together to uh, to kind of slow them down. Steve Skiff, coach of the Montrose girls basketball team, with us. Uh, they take on Mesa Ridge tonight. Uh, in terms of what they do defensively, Steve, maybe half court, uh, and also as far as their their full court pressure, maybe half court pressure if they try to trap. What are some of the things you're seeing that Mesa Ridge tries to do defensively? Yeah, you know, for us, this has been one of the easier scouts. I mean, we've uh, they, they play man-to-man defense, and they don't really come out of it, and not a lot of full-court pressure. So, um, you know, for for us, I think we're going to have to to take advantage of that. We can we can definitely play against a man, and I think, you know, for my team, the the luxury of having some different scorers on the floor, I think, really puts you know a, a tough thing on defense. We can shoot the ball from the outside with Briar Moss. And, Maggie Lake, but we can also go inside with 
Macy Oberg and Heather Power in that too. So um, I think we put some some teams in in some conflict of our, us having some different ways to score the basketball as well. In terms of your inside game, your size, how does that look? How do you match up with with what they have up front? It, it's pretty even, I would say, size wise. You know, we we match up fairly well. Um, you know, I think that uh, the, the luxury we have with somebody like Macy is, you know, she's not just a true post up player. She can she can move away from the basket and and do some different things there. So maybe we can pull one of their post players um, away from the basket, and that that also opens up some drive lanes um, for other people and some different things. So I, I think it'll be a good matchup. Um, you know, for us, we just we want to see the ball go in the basket early and early and often tonight. Six o'clock for that one. Larry Newland and Pat Hooley will have it for you over on 95.7 The Monkey. That's here in the Valley. 93.5 in Montrose pregame at 545 for that one. Tip off at 6 o'clock from Lloyd McMillan Gymnasium as Montrose scores off against Mesa Ridge. Steve, I always appreciate the time. Thank you so much and, and good luck tonight. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, take care. There's Steve Skiff, coach of the Montrose girls basketball team, joining us on the program. This morning. All right, 809, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. Text or call us 970-242-1340. Time to go around the NFL slash XFL, right? We'll we'll throw that in yeah, there. Yeah. Around the FLs. <laughs> Could call it that if we want to. Hey, sure. Why not? So uh today is a very important day in the NFL as far as the offseason calendar goes. Because today the window for teams to use franchise or transition tags is now open, and teams can apply the tags at any point between now and uh, 2 o'clock on March 8th, by the way. And any player who receives a tag will be able to continue negotiating a long-term deal with their teams through July 15th. And so each team can only use one tag. Mm-hmm. For example, the Giants, they're, they're in a bit of a, a tight spot. Do they use their franchise tag on Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley? Ravens, are they going to tag Lamar Jackson, the Chiefs, Orlando Brown, the Seahawks, Geno Smith? With the Raiders, do they tag Josh Jacobs or the Cowboys with Tony Pollard? Those are some of the names that are out there that are uh, decisions that have to be made for teams now that uh, the, the tag period is underway. Yeah, it's it's not as exciting as some of the other tag periods, but... It's really kind of intriguing. I'm really interested to see what the Giants are going to do. Yeah, because, I mean, those are two important pieces yeah. for them being a playoff team. Saquon had, obviously, a, a renaissance, a return to form. Mm-hmm. Daniel Jones had a, a good season. And so... And, and that, a that, really... Yeah, there's a decision that has to be made there. It comes down to who you feel is going to help you more with the second contract. Is it going to be Saquon Barkley, or is it going to be Daniel Jones? And... Is it a push right now? Maybe? Yeah. You don't know really what you're going to get out of Daniel Jones, but do you really want to give another long-term contract to a running back? And we know what the shelf life is. Yeah. Even a, a players as good as good as Saquon Barkley is. But he's he's got an injury history. Yes, he does. And it's not like, oh, you know, he dislocated a finger or he broke a toe. He's got some legit you know, major time-consuming rehab-style injuries on his ledger. So which way do you go if you're the Giants? It's a tough decision to make, isn't it, right now? Yeah, and they they played too well this season to get a quarterback in the draft. Right. <laughs> you know? 
do they somehow try to jump in the mix to get Derek Carr? Yeah, that's a that's another question. I mean, that's... So David was there, wasn't he? He was a giant for a while. I think he was. I so, will go with that, sure. Yeah, I I, I think he was there I for a little right. bit. So the, they have a make, they have to make a decision. Baltimore's got the challenge with Lamar Jackson right now, and so there's there's decisions that have to be made. David was the giant for four years. Yeah, two and, years. I don't know. Remember, I remembered him being there. Yeah, as a so backup. Two thousand eight through twelve. Oh, he had a year in 10 with San Francisco, then back to the Giants in 12. Gotcha. So he was there for parts of three seasons and played in 11 games. All right, so more from the NFL about the Broncos. That the, the Broncos interviewed Rex Ryan Saturday, this according to the Denver Post. That Ryan, of course, you know, in four seasons as Baltimore's defensive coordinator, 05-08, led them to... Three top ten finishes and points allowed, including the top scoring defense in 06 when he was the head coach of the Jets. We've kind of we've kind of gone through the resume a lot. We'll yeah. just hit on it here once again. His defenses were number one and six, respectively, in points allowed in his first two seasons, both of which that defense helped get them to the AFC championship game. And then once his defense has never again finished in the top ten in points allowed over his final six seasons for the Jets, two with Buffalo. So the finish wasn't great for Rex Ryan in terms of how his defense has fared, but typically for a good chunk of his career as a DC and a head coach, they were they were top ten defenses, if not a top five defense. So another hires the uh, the Broncos apparently have also hired a lot of this stuff is it's coming through other sources. It's not came from the Broncos that uh, they've hired. Strength and conditioning coach Dan Darrymple, that he was the former Saints strength and conditioning coach, so he replaces Lauren Landau as the Broncos' new strength and conditioning coach. So there's another tie to the Saints. Also, it looks like they've hired their special teams coordinator. That, according to the Post, that uh, they have hired Ben Kotwitka, um, who has been in the league for 15 years. He was Minnesota's assistant special teams coach last season. Kotwicka was uh, also special teams coach for the Jets, the Commanders, and the Falcons. And he'll be the fourth different special teams coach that Denver's had since 2021. Because remember, they had Dwayne Stukes last year. He got canned. And then Jerry Rosberg took over that job, Mm -hmm. along with being the interim head coach. And so they will now have yet another special teams coach. Well, once again, none of these have been confirmed by the Broncos at this point in time. Right. These are all coming from the Denver Post. Also, the report that longtime Broncos wide receiver coach Zach Azani is joining former Denver coach Nathaniel Hackett on the New York Jets staff. I mean, Azani's survived a couple of different coaching changes during his time in Denver. Mm-hmm. The longest tenured Broncos assistant coach. He made it through the firings of three different head coaches. See, and that's that's where first-time head coaches, that's kind of the drawback, right? It's like, well, I, I yeah, sure. Wide receivers coach, let's just keep the guy that's here. Because maybe they don't have connections. Maybe they don't want to think that far down roster. You know what I mean? Sean Payton, the meticulous nature, everybody says, right? 
the micromanaging Sean Payton is like, nope, need a new wide receivers coach. You're out, bub. Or maybe something to that effect. And so right now, according to the Post, that uh, line coach Marcus Dixon, defensive backs coach Christian Parker, will most likely keep their jobs when Denver hires a new defensive coordinator, whether it's Rex Ryan or Chris Richard, whoever ends up getting hired for that job, Sean to say that those two guys are keeping their job. But it does not sound good for uh, our buddy Ben Steele that Ben's still going to be on the staff. That's that's unfortunate. And Sean Payton, if you're listening this morning, rethink that. Dude's an excellent coach. He's a yep. great guy. And Listening on the mobile app. <laughs> over in Denver or wherever he is today. All right, text or call us 970-242-1340. Jim along with the Buckeye boy today. So uh, we, we also had the start of the XFL this past weekend. So... By the way, your winners, your scores, if you missed it from Saturday, Sunday, Arlington beat Vegas 22-20. to Houston beat Orlando 33-12. to You had St. Louis downing San Antonio 18-15. to And the D.C. Defenders beating the Seattle Sea Dragons 22-18. to Yeah, the St. Louis-San Antonio one is the one where St. Louis really kind of looked like a minor league football team for the better part of three and a half quarters. And then they used the three-point conversion and then the fourth gotta have it onside play. You know, the fourth and 15 hitting Ricky Prohl's kid, by the way, playing for St. Louis. A little nice. But A.J. McCarron, one-time NFL quarterback. One-time guy that Broncos fans wanted to see come to Denver after he led the Bengals to a win against the Broncos. He might still come to Denver playing for the Denver Gold. <laughs> Who knows? Could could happen. So we talked about it. We like the transparency and the officiating. We like the efficiency of it. Mm-hmm. That was a big plus. A big plus. I like the thirty-five second clock. I think that helped to move the games along in, in a more timely fashion. You didn't feel like there was a lot of wasted time. In, in those games, did you? No, not really. We're staying around, look at a monitor, see what, what, what are we going to rule on this? There are a lot of really, I, I think, positive things when it came to the officiating side. Yeah, it was kind of quick. It was to the point. It's transparent. You could see, at least with the, the games I watched on Sunday, you kind of had an idea of what they were looking at, right? Because that's kind of the question when somebody in the NFL makes a call that either you as a fan or you as an observer don't agree with, what's the refrain? What are they looking at? What are they even seeing? You know, and if they're going to get it wrong, at least give us an insight to what their viewpoint might be, right? Come along with the, okay, he's looking here, he's looking here, he's like, you know, I just, I don't see it. And that will at least for some people, be enough to be like, okay, he saw it, he watched it, we just have a differing viewpoint. He didn't see it, they're going to keep it or overturn it or whatever. But if you go with it to where it's just kind of him looking in the window of the peep show, the NFL, and then he comes out and you don't hear any of the other stuff, then you're kind of like, well, what is he looking at? Is he even looking at it? 
Did he look at it? Did they stop it? Did they slow it down? Did they have all the camera angles? But when you have Dean Blandino, it's like, all right, give me this angle. Give me that angle. Go back to this angle. Go right. back to angle one. Slow it down. Stop it right. See his hand or it looks like or whatever. Here's this and that. I can at least get behind a little bit. I can understand an incorrect call in the XFL because you have the guy looking at it, speaking out loud what he's looking at. And if he thinks he doesn't see it, then he doesn't see it. Exactly. Instead of the NFL where it's just like, God, these guys have blown four calls already today. Are they even looking at their – what are they doing? What's the point of instant replay if it's not being properly utilized? If yeah. it's not if – it's, if it's obvious to the mm-hmm. announcers calling it, if it's obvious to us at home watching it, wh- why are they getting this wrong? Right. And I, I like the transparency of it. I like the expedience of it. I thought that was really, really crucial. Missed a lot of field goals. I mean, in a league that first weekend kind of struggle and score, that's that's not a great yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, NFL kickers missed a lot of field goals, too. Yeah. So, if you're getting guys that aren't on NFL yeah. teams, imagine. I, I just think offensively it'll get better. I mean, kickers will be better. Because there was the guy guys who will was... click better in terms of quarterbacks feeling comfortable with receivers because it, it hasn't been like they had this really yeah. long, long yeah. you know, training camp to That's go through. That's what I was thinking. The Balage guy with San Antonio at the half, he's like, this group of guys have only really been together for three and a half weeks. You know, three and a half weeks to a month. It's going to get better. You just, you know, they didn't have any scrimmages, no real preseason games. So this is kind of the second week of August in XFL translate to, t- to NFL timeline. Right. And uniforms are fine. I, I, I don't like the Houston, the red, the, the, the blue and the white helmet. Mm-hmm. One side's white, the other side's blue. Didn't see those. Yeah, I like pretty bad. They look, uh, they look good. That's Wade's team. They look pretty good. So. Look like, you know, NFL blitz generate a uni for San Antonio. That yeah. was not a crisp, sharp look. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some misses there. Yep. There's no doubt about it. All right. You can celebrate the mountain culture with the inspiring Banff Center Mountain Film Festival coming to our uh, little Berg and uh, with us right now, Molly. Good morning, Molly. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing fine. Let me uh, let's move that microphone up just a little bit there. Uh, there we go. It uh, it has some issues. So uh, <laughs> we appreciate you coming in today. So we're talking about some incredible films highlighting the outdoors from from mountain biking, you name it. Incredible climbing films. Kind of take us through the this lineup that has. You know, different film lineups over the course of the three days for the Banner Film Festival. Yeah, it's actually pretty neat. So you can see a different film every every day. So starting on Thursday, we'll be up at the Egyptian Theater in Delta. And then on Thursday, I'm sorry, on Friday and Saturday, we're actually over at the Avalon Theater in Grand Junction. So both really beautiful locations to go and see films. Uh And then on each of the days, there will be different lineups. So you'll see everything from environmental films to outdoor adventures and uh, just about any activity that you can think of, like you said, from biking, hiking, mountain biking as well. Kayaking. kayaking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty special. And the films are anywhere from five minutes to 30 minutes. We'll have some intermissions with prizes and giveaways so all around, just a really fun, fun activity to go out and do. I think it's impossible to not leave 
inspired and ready to to get outside absolutely get out and get the mountain bike out or, or kayak when it starts to warm up here a little bit uh, molly shepherdson's with us with the banna film festival and uh, it's an international film competition so these are films that come from from all over the world molly that uh, the people have a chance to watch Absolutely. So they're films that actually get sent in to the the International Film Festival and then they get awarded and then the organization puts together their top picks and then those of us uh, around the world, like here in Grand Junction, can say, hey, we'd love this specific lineup to come to our town. And so uh, it benefits four local nonprofits, Colorado Canyons Association, CMU International Student Program, Colorado National Monument Association and the Western Colorado Conservation Corps, so organizations that uh, you know certainly have in their way ties to the, the great outdoors. You bet. It's pretty special that you have films that are being shot from around the world, and uh, when they come to our town, the money stays here locally. That's fantastic. Molly Shepherdson with us. The Banna Film Festival starts Thursday, seven o'clock. Doors open up at six. And that's at the Egyptian Theater in Delta. And then the next night, 7 o'clock, doors open up at 6. And then Saturday night, so the 24th and 25th, uh, 7 o'clock that night as well, at the Avalon Theater downtown here in Grand Junction. Uh, ticket prices are $15 in Delta, 25 in Grand Junction. And you can get uh, tickets for both the Grand Junction dates for only $45 at com to get your tickets for that. So uh, incredible lineup of films. And... I think it's really nice expanding down Highway 50 to our friends in the, in the Delta Montrose area. You bet. Just a great celebration of mountain culture all around. Well, uh, I appreciate the time. So very quickly, Banff. For people who don't know, what is Banff? Yeah, that's a great question. So it's actually a mountain film festival. It takes place up in, up in uh, Banff, Canada. And uh, people from around the world create these films, submit them, they're awarded and ranked, and then the film festival hits the road, and, and basically any town from around the world can put in an application to have them come and, and show their films locally. So it's Banff. It is. It Banff. is. That's okay. To our Canadian friends, I apologize. <laughs> the Banff Center Mountain Film Festival once again starts Thursday in Delta here in Grand Junction on Friday and Saturday. Molly, appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk with Central Girls Coach Mary Doan. They're at Centaurus tonight here on the team. We'll uh, preview that game next on the Jim Davis Show. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Get in the huddle with Central Girls basketball coach Mary Doan on the team. Mary Doan brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Mary Doan joins us this morning, coach of the Central Girls. Mary, appreciate the time as always. How are you? Of course, Jim. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Doing fine. A busy day for you on the road, heading over to the front range to take on Centaurus to open up the, the 5A state basketball tournament. Uh, but let's go back to uh, that game against Grand Junction to wrap up the regular season. Really good win for your team. And I know uh, for, for Sydney Brandon, who was your assistant coach for the last couple of years, it's been a tough season for the Tigers. And I don't think there was any surprise it was going to be a challenge this year for, for Sydney uh, in her first year of being the head coach there. Uh, you get the win 50-17 to 17 in that basketball game, but uh, good performance by, by Bryn Wagner. She had 16. Christina Manzanares had 16. And 
a good way to handle the postseason coming off a, a dominant win against Grand Junction. Um, yeah, you know, I think just early, like Christina and Brynn, which kind of would need them to do all the time, is they got um, off to just a, a, a fast start early, you know. Um, I think it started with Alex getting that, you know, bucket, tough bucket, a little and one action, and um, and then Christina and Brynn just got some skills early, got going early, and, you know, when those two are going, it's it's fun to play basketball. Mary Dunn, coach of the Central Girls basketball team with us. Uh, Warriors head to the front range to take on Centaurus tonight. Uh, Centaurus 15-8, and 7-7 and seven in that combined uh, 6A, 5A, 4A Northern League. And when you look at uh, for the Centaurus Warriors, battle the Warriors tonight, uh, when your Warriors take on Centaurus uh, this season, they've, uh, they've been paced by Laura Ginser. She's been averaging about 15 points per game. About four rebounds per contest. Pretty good on the defensive end. Nearly three steals per game. She does a little bit of everything, Mary, for that uh, Centaurus basketball team. Yeah, she's definitely, I think, um, the one that you got to slow down um, on that team. You know, but what makes that team, you know, also scary is they got two big kids who are also there pulling down rebounds. And, I mean, they don't want to get stuck behind them, you know, um, the, the I can't think her last name Sterrett kid. Um, you know, she's one where you get stuck behind her, she's gonna drop step and finish and so um I think with uh the Ginter kid, you know, she's kinda got she can play fearlessly, she can get some mid range jumpers 'cause, you know, if you she has that backup, she's got someone to toss it to if if you don't um if you if you play her hard she's got someone to throw it up to, so it's it's kind of a good duo, a good little team that they got going on. Yeah, Sam Sterrett for them, who you're referencing, about uh, just under 10 points per game. She's been their top rebounder at uh, 5.3 rebounds per contest. And they've also got some uh, good uh, work inside from Alexa Lorton, who is right around 7 points per game. She's averaging 4.5 rebounds per game, so another big that uh, will pose a challenge tonight for your basketball team. Yeah, they got, you know, they got two bigs. Two bigs, and we don't. Um, so we got to be able, again, like we got to be able to not give up those easy ones, um, and, and then make it hard on Jenser to, to get some easy ones as well. In terms of their backcourt play, is that an area where maybe you can press, take advantage, maybe force some, some turnovers, get some easy buckets, uh, working out of your press? Uh, I hope so. You know, the, I hope we can, um. I think that my guards are, are fast, and, you know, the state playoffs, a lot of times they they let a lot of that um, just aggressiveness on the ball go, which doesn't really help us on offense, but it might help us on defense. So, you know, quick guards, we can maybe get after their guards a little bit, and, you know, if we can keep that game more in the backcourt, then I think that we can get some easy buckets ourselves. Mary Dunn, coach of the Central Girls basketball team, uh, Central at uh, Centaurus tonight, part of our full court coverage on the team sports network. And so, Mary, what I mean after that that game against Grand Junction is you know, this is obviously uh, one of one of many trips you've taken a, a team to to the postseason. What's the message you give to your team when you start out the postseason? Is there is there kind of a standard thing you tell your team every year? Obviously, it modify year to year with the with different players and different attitudes. How do you approach it in terms of just uh, 
getting your message to your players that we now start a new chapter, the, the postseason begins uh, the next phase of our, our basketball season? You know, Jeff, I, I would love to tell you that I have that formula and I've implanted it and we, we got that down, but um, obviously that's not true because we have never won any championships. But um, we did sit down and talk on Monday about uh, everyone's in the same boat, you know, um, and season kind of gets you prepared for this. But at this point, everyone's 0 0 and everyone has to play tough people and everyone has to win to move on. Uh, and so we kind of talked a little bit, X's and O's, and just, you know, you're starting, this is this is new, you've earned this, you know, and um, everyone's got to do the same thing. So playing your best basketball as a team right now, those are, those are the ones that are successful, is those who put together five players selflessly on, on the court, uh, doing the things that they've worked on all year long, just transferring from the practice floor to the game floor, and and just, you know, not trying to play outside themselves, but play together within themselves. Absolutely. Six o'clock tonight for that one. Part of a full court coverage on the team. Sports Network brought to you by Ken Richards, Day Farm Insurance. Uh, hope you have a safe trip over there, Mary. And good luck tonight against Centaurs. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Mary Doan, coach of the Central Girls basketball team, with us uh, on the Jim Davis Show today. So, busy night tonight. Full court coverage tonight on the team. Once again, it starts at 545 for the uh, Fruita Girls hosting Fossil Ridge, Central Girls at Centaurus, then over in the Monkey, we have the Montrose Girls against Mesa Ridge at 545, with the Delta Girls taking on Inglewood at 6 tonight. And you can catch that, that game with Mark Cantor by going to our stream uh, over on our sister station, the Monkey, which is 957themonkey.com. You click on the Highway 50 Game of the Week link, and the link to Mark's stream is there at the website. So you can listen to uh, Delta and Inglewood tonight. Champions of the Western Slope League, the Panthers. Yep. Went uh, 12 and 0 in league play this season. So. Not Compton, not Long Beach, Inglewood. Yes. Different Inglewood. Different Inglewood. All right. Uh, so we wrapped up the high school wrestling season this past weekend. Uh, congratulations to, to Molly Dare. They got to the finals for the uh, District 51 Phoenix. Uh, really good state tournament and good regional, obviously, for uh, Chad Dare's team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keaton Young finished third. And 138 for for Palisade, and Demarion Lopez. Congratulations once again, another state championship for uh, the Montrose big guy, uh, Demarion Lopez. But uh, the Southwestern League All Conference Wrestling team out. Your first team, Gino Gallegos at Fruto Monument 106, John Paul Espinosa, JP Espinosa from Central at 113, Murphy Harris for Grand Junction at 120, Tanner Rorig for the Tigers at 126, Riley Belt for Durango at 132, Benjamin Romero from Fruit of Monument at 138, and all the, well, a slew of Wildcats here that were honored. Uh, Oren Meese for Fruita, 144. Wildcats Bryce Nixon at 150. Dylan Chelowitzki for Fruita at 157. Trent Target for the Wildcats at 165. True Tobiasen for Fruita, 175. Tyler Zeke for Central at 190. Uh, Tatum Williams for Fruita Monument at 215. And then Demarion Lopez, we mentioned, the back-to-back state wrestling champion for Montrose at 285 so uh congratulations to all those wrestlers being first team selections your second team connor guyler from grand junction braxton stewart from fruta lj george from fruta michael leon from fruta braxton uh, romero from fruta uh wyatt bartell from durango nick matthews from central dagan harris from central tyler mccombs from montrose and jeremiah lang from montrose jason sanchez from central corbin wallace from montrose 
Warren Uptain from Durango, and Nick Cloy from Fruita Monument. Uh, that's your those were your second team selections, all Southwestern League Wrestling. Once again, congratulations to all of them. All right, 838, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy, and we'll have four down territory coming up in a moment, but time right now for Triple Play Records Stadium Cinema. Know your sports TV shows and movies? Let's play Stadium Cinema on the team. Yes, first correct answer on the Chick-fil-A text line, 970-242-1340. Gets the downtown double play with Triple Play, a $20 gift certificate to our friends at Triple Play Record. Go down and see Rock and Matt. Also, a small... Disc golf season. Absolutely. Uh, and it's also record, always record season. Always. Always record season. And uh, a small antipasto salad, courtesy of our friends at Junction Square. Pizza, first correct answer on the Chick-fil-A text line, text only. 970-242-1340. Identifying this very easy-to-identify sports movie. Affected from Cuba. Wanted religious freedom. There you go. All right, so first correct answer. Feeling generous on a short week? Boy, no kidding. Very generous. Text, can, text or call. Well, text in, no call. Yeah. Text in to the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line doing the downtown double play or triple yep. play and uh, Junction Square Pizza. Mm-hmm. Text in your answer right now. If you won the last two weeks, please set it out. 970-242-1340. Text your answer in right now. And it's been two weeks, but if you won exactly two weeks ago, you can also give somebody else a chance. You could. You know? Yeah, might be a good be idea. That guy. Be nice. Yeah. Be good. I mean, you're within the rules, but come on. Nobody likes that guy. Yeah. All right, 840. We'll take a break. We'll come back with Four Down Territory on the Jim Davis Show. Craptastic. That's just crap. The team presents the Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. From the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Let's see. Uh, from Larry from Clifton, who cares what the NFL thinks? It's like PGA and live. Okay. Um, Shield's coming for you, Larry. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to say that. Big Shield is uh, not one to cross. Yeah, come Larry, we sh- don't put us sh- in that position. Yeah. Come on, man. Shh. Don't say that. Do not say that, Larry. Uh, let's see. Do we have a winner yet? We do. Okay. I I was I thought it was going to go quick. You made it you yeah, made it, it was uh, pretty quick. Made it pretty easy. Not say it like I said we had yesterday off. Let's not yeah. fry the you know? pile's brains. Exactly. Okay. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Blake, first in the door with Major League. Talking about Pedro Serrano. Yes, wanted religious freedom. What's his religion? Voodoo. So we had, went out and got the bucket of uh, KFC for yep. him. Since they don't want to sacrifice a live chicken. Can't have people throwing up. <laughs> All right, 845, and it's uh, time to hop into Four Down Territory. We're into Four Down Territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, first down. Former Buffs great, longtime Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy 
He has a new gig. Mm-hmm. He is now the offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. And you're thinking, okay, well, well, wait a minute. Okay, I didn't, he didn't get a head coaching job, but why? Why would you leave Kansas City, Super Bowl champion? Yeah. Why would you leave there to go to Washington to take on the same job? Here's part of the reason why. That when he was with the Chiefs, he signed only one-year deals. That's what they offered him, was one-year deals to to be the Chiefs' offensive coordinator. In Washington, they, you know, because it was good for him because it gave him the flexibility to leave, right? If he got a head coaching Mm -hmm. job, it wasn't a big deal. Well, this is apparently a multi-year deal that he assigned with the Commanders. Yeah, I heard five-year deal, and he's assistant head coach. He's got the bump in title, more to do with the offense. He's going to be doing the game planning with the offense, which is kind of what he wasn't able to do in Kansas City. And possibility he's coaching waiting kind of thing? Possibly, could be. If things don't go well for Ron Rivera, that he has has more options obligations, more things that he's going to have control on than he previously did. And so being the assistant head coach, which he was not Dandy Reed at Kansas City, puts him what he feels like is in a better position to, to make that jump to, to becoming a head coach. All right, second down. According to Larry Brown Sports, that Tom Brady at one point was a lock to join the Las Vegas Raiders. That Darren Waller was interviewed uh, for a feature for Forbes magazine and talked about the Raiders quarterback situation. And the former Pro Bowl tight end told the reporter he had no idea he would be the team's next quarterback. However, he confirmed the rumor about Tom Brady and the Raiders. Remember Dana White revealed that Brady to the Raiders was practically a done deal. Then Mm -hmm. John Gruden killed the deal. Waller says he heard the same thing. I heard it from multiple sources that I respect. And I've been close to, yeah, Brady's to the Brady to the Raiders was a lock. And said Gruden, who just finished the second year, wanted to keep Derek Carr, and then Brady signed for the Buccaneers. If Brady goes to the Raiders, does he win a Super Bowl? No. I don't think he does either. Bucks, really good defense, mm-hmm. enough offensive pieces around him. He made the right call. Yeah, he did. By by going to Tampa Bay. He absolutely did. All right. Third Third. down. Scott Braun, Fran Charles, Steven Nelson, all reportedly out at MLB Network, which is interesting because I saw Steven Nelson on MLB Network yesterday at Rangers camp. But that brings a bigger question. They moved on from Chris Rose as Kevin Millar's uh, cohort on Intentional Talk. I have not enjoyed the show since. Not with Steven Nelson, who Steven Nelson is great in his own right, just not the rapport with uh, just don't like one just five. Don't like the, the the combination. Time to pull the plug on that show, maybe, maybe because now they're going to be on their third. Co- I don't know who it's going to be because they're kind of running out of guys that can kind of jab with Millar a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, can't be Am Singer. He's always on MLB Tonight. It's not going to be Vaskersian or any of those guys. Time to pull the plug, probably on that. I'm gonna. Yeah, it was I'm such a great. Yes. Guy, it was such a great show with Chris Rose and Kevin mm-hmm. Mala. Yeah, and I, I I tried to watch it. It's just it's just not the same. 
yeah, it's I I don't enjoy it nearly as much. And I never really enjoyed it when Rose was gone and they had a co-host or Millar was gone and they had a you know, a fill-in baseball guy. It's those two together that really made that show what it was. Yeah, the chemistry was so good. Yes. Uh, more Steven Nelson news. This is Steven Nelson third and fourth down. As you remember, he was a big part of Apple TV and their Major League Baseball rollout. Well, he's not returning. Neither is Melanie Newman or Katie Nolan. Yesterday, New York Post reported that Wayne Randazzo and Dontrell Willis will be in one booth. The second booth is going to be Alex Faust for, uh, you know, L.A. Kings hockey play-by-play guy. And Ryan Spillborgs. Spilly Goat getting some national run. Oh, good. In the second booth for Apple+. Plus. It's not going to make me buy it and tune in anymore, but I like Ryan Spillborgs, and I'm happy for him. Yeah, as long as I don't have to pay extra for it. Yeah. Which, that's not the case right now. Mm-hmm. No, the MLS, you have to pay extra for, which that's not going to happen. Yeah. But... They, they needed to up their game in terms of, of broadcasters for it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. I'm glad to see Spilly get, uh, get a little national run. Yes, and the second half of the first down. <laughs> the Rockies, not at all on the first half of the season schedule for Apple+. Plus. <laughs> not once. Not once. And, hey, they're not going to do the uh, Apple Peacock series, right, where Apple's there on Friday night, Peacock's there on Sunday morning. So far through the first half of the season, they're not double dipping, which is always nice. I want to see as many teams as possible on the national games, not just Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers. I, I agree. Totally agree. All right, 851, Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Thanks for joining us in the program this morning. So text or call us 970-242-1340. Michael Malone talked about it's the worst basketball game he's ever seen played mm-hmm. when he coached in the all-star game this last weekend oh yikes and he's right i mean there's there's nothing you can absolutely say that you know to the contrary where you know it was you know 184 points scored by the winning team nobody played a lick of defense right absolutely ridiculous nobody even tried there are highlights i'm like look at that effort that's james harden level effort uh, just <laughs> uh, put my hands up, kind of to contest a shot, and like like about belt high. Okay, that's good. And that's- I know I've seen I've seen some Nuggets fans on the socials, like, oh, uh, Nikola tried, Nikola Jokic tried, did he? Nikola Jokic had a perfect wide open dunk, and he went in with the right hand layup. So I mean, he still kind of was like, eh, I'm here. Yeah, come on, come on! Nobody, nobody I mean, was really worth. Joel and that game's like not worth said, hurting yourself in anyway. Try was trying to get guys to to play with a little more intensity, and okay, whatever. That's, That's not what that game's for, Joel. You're not going to be invited back. Okay. You're going to be picked last. Hey, Tommy, that guy's going to make us play defense. Hey, no more you, no more you, Tommy. Try hard. Yeah. <laughs> you set it out. All right, we had Jerry Schimmel with us on Friday. Enjoyed talking with Jerry as uh, yesterday. Position players reported to spring training. Yeah, they did. Brendan Rodgers and his flow, a talking stick. Oh, yep. yeah. It's always, it's always the him. hair glistening in the sun. It was beautiful. So, uh, Rockies pitchers, uh, they're getting used to working with Pitchcom to call their own signals. So, Rockies doing that. Uh, also, 
an injury update. Peter Lambert, who had the uh, right elbow forearm injury uh, through a live bullpen on Monday, and apparently looked pretty good. So maybe we'll see Peter Lambert in the mix this season. Let us hope. Maybe. It's been a while. Maybe also, what, Tommy John, right? Yeah, exactly. So he jumped from, from Rockies. Yes, he had the Tommy John surgery uh, in 2020. And so jumped from the Rockies to the Avalanche. Gabriel Landeskog expected to start skating this week. Looks like uh, Captain, push. Captain could be back soon. No word yet on Kale McCarr, though. No. That's what I saw. He's back in the protocol. And how about a wild game against Edmonton on Sunday? That was <laughs> where, nuts. Where it's kind of sloppy. wasn't a great-looking yeah. game, but the Avs went 6-5 and overtime. And, hey, they'll take it right now. Mm-hmm. All right, coming up next hour, we'll have Mav Day. We'll talk with uh, Carbonese basketball coaches Mike DeGeorge and Taylor Wagner. Kind of a weird week in terms of scheduling. Mavericks play at home tomorrow night here on the team against Westminster. And then Thursday they go to Gunnison. And then the RMAC tournament starts on Tuesday. So in a way, you get a little little extra break, a little extra time. Weekend to yourself if you're the Maverick basketball team. So we'll talk with uh, Mike DeGeorge, Taylor Wagner, and Mike Mendoza, the coach of the CMU men's wrestling team. That's Mav Day coming up next hour. Text or call us, 970-242-1340. You've got some thoughts about the NBA All-Star game. What a joke that was. Also, did you watch the XFL? And what was your takeaway of watching the XFL? Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. Always open for you. 970-242-1340. Hour 3 coming up next. It's the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network.